Welcome back. It's Mile High Magazine. Hope you're having a great weekend. It's Sunday. I am Murphy Houston. Hope you're staying safe and wearing a mask and socially separated, washing your hands. The COVID's out there, even though the vaccine is, so is the COVID. And I'm really excited. Joining me today is my good friend, Dr. John Torres. For years, you saw him on Nine News, and then he became a big shot and went to NBC in New York. And, you know, he didn't forget about us, so he's here now. John, how are you? I'm doing well, Murph. How are you doing? Doing fine. I'm glad we can finally get you on the broadcast that the Big Shots allowed you to come on Mile High Magazine with us. And you're, stay, you're staying safe. Well, I am staying safe, for sure. And uh, no COVID around here and masking. And for a while, I was hunkered down home. They put up a little studio in the basement. But now I'm back to the radio station, but there's very few of us. Only the frontliners, I guess, were essential personnel or something. <laughs> that's, that's good. It's nice to be labeled as essential. And that's the same thing. You know, I work out in New York. I'm here in Colorado now. They've moved me back here for a few months while we're just riding out the pandemic, and they put in this fantastic home studio. So if you see me on air on NBC News, Today Show, MS, all the different platforms I'm on talking about the pandemic, it's actually here in Colorado. And it's, uh, you know... As I tell people all the time, once you live in Colorado, it's hard not to live in Colorado. No, that's for sure. And we're glad that you're still around and you a big name locally for years. You and I started a couple of things together and uh, we're pretty oh, yeah. good pretty good buddies. And I'm glad to be able to talk to you again that you haven't forgotten about the little guy Murphy back there in Denver. Well, Mark, I'm glad you didn't use the word friends. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, of course, we're great uh, friends. Oh, yeah. So listen, I know you, you're nationally out there with all this COVID stuff, and it's it seems like everywhere, including Colorado, it's kind of crazy how they're getting that vaccine out. Are all the states the same? Are there issues everywhere? You know, that's, that's an issue across the country. This vaccine rollout has just been incredibly strange, I think, is probably the best word to use it. And people are doing, what I tell people all the time is, unfortunately, for whatever reason, you have to do your legwork. You have to do your homework. You have to get on. And I tell them, any site you get onto that lets you register, register for that site and just keep going back to those sites. Go to your public health department, the state public health department, your county public health department. And you just have to, unfortunately, the problem is right now, Murph, and here's what's happening is, we had a great emphasis on distribution, which was getting the vaccine out. But part of it is so basically it's development, manufacturing, distribution and administration. And it's between distribution and administration. That's where things started falling apart. And what happens is, you know, the states are getting vaccine. They're not getting them as well as they'd like to. They're not getting as many as they'd like to. But they're not, they're not getting the help to administer them, or at least they didn't initially. And they're starting to get that help now. And one of my big things I always talk about is. If you think of any disaster, think of Hurricane Katrina, think of you know, wildfires in California, right. you know, even wildfires here in Colorado. FEMA usually shows up and helps out. And FEMA has not shown up yet, and now they're starting to push them out, which is a year into the pandemic. Um, so that's certainly going to help. And I keep telling people, you know, give it a couple of weeks. Well, I've been saying that since the beginning of the year, so and hopefully over the next few weeks. But... Yeah, it's a problem across the country. You know, I, I've heard people compare it to like a, a football game. Your game's organized, you get going, you drive it down, you get in the red zone, you get down to the 10-yard line, and all of a sudden, whoa, what do we do next? We, we got everything else done, now we don't know what to do. Well, exactly, and that's and that's part of it is, uh, you know, again, they're, they're trying to, you know, they went through the phases, and I talked to a, a couple experts, this is probably January time frame, including, you know, here in Colorado, and they said, you know, part of the problem is, is we know, you know, the first phase were healthcare workers. They said that is easy because the healthcare workers, they're essentially a captive audience. You know, we send them out emails, they're in our system, we tell them to show up on such and such a date, we know who they are. 
The next phase are going to be the 70 plus year olds. And that's going to be tough because some of them don't have computer access. Some of them don't access their computers daily. It's going to be hard to get information to them about when to show up. And that's where the system's going to start to be challenged. And sure enough, that happened. And now they're starting to expand it even more. They're looking at teachers. And so yeah, it's going to continue to get tough as the rollout expands. But hopefully they get a bigger handle on it. And one of my big things I keep talking about is they need to get these mass vaccination events, like some of the situa- some of the areas are doing now where, you know, they can get, you know, 5,000 people a day to run through Mile High Stadium or something similar to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just did that over the weekend. UC Health had a couple of big ones, and I guess they went very well, very organized, all went, went for sure, went well with that. So... Are you seeing, John, on a national level, a resistance to the vaccine? Uh, you know, we got to get what, like seventy-five percent effectiveness from all people getting shots. Are people pushing back at all? You know, there are people pushing back, and there's people pushing back in a variety of professions, including even in medicine and health. Surprisingly, there are some people pushing back because their concern is, well, this came out very quickly. Did they take shortcuts? The answer is no. But I think overall you're seeing a huge acceptance of the vaccine, even a clamoring for the vaccine. And part of it has to do, I think, with the shortage of the vaccine. So that makes it a little more uh, that people really want to get out there and get it. And I think part of it makes it, you know the understanding that, hey, once we start getting vaccines, we can start getting back to a normal life. And as you've probably heard, you know, 70 to 80 percent is that kind of herd immunity number we keep throwing around. Right now, we're less than 10% of people vaccinated. So we have a ways to go to get to that level. And I think what you're going to see is that vaccine hesitancy goes down, go down as more and more people get the vaccine and have no reactions to it. And, uh, you know, so there is that hesitancy. I don't think it's very big. And I certainly don't think it's growing. I think, if anything, it's it's shrinking. Well, I could say, you know, I've had my first round. It was, I mean, easy peasy. My uh, shingle shot hurt worse than my COVID-19 shot. <laughs> and I had my first one as well. And I, uh, basically when people asked me about my reactions, I said, I had my shot on Monday. On Tuesday, I, my arm was sore, and I was probably a little fatigued. And I think the reason I was fatigued is because I kept rolling over on that arm at, at night and it kept waking me up. Right, uh, right. But besides that, besides that, I didn't really have any reactions. And people... Everyone I've talked to, they said, yeah, I've gotten these mild reactions that are typical for a vaccine. And for people who don't know, that reaction is actually a decent sign that your immune system is kicking in because that means your immune system, your, you, that reaction is not from the vaccine. It's from your immune system kicking in to fight the vaccine to basically build itself up for coronavirus. And so, you know, that reaction is a good sign that that is happening. And so that's, that's a known reaction. And that's what most people are saying, and it goes away in about a day and a half, two days. Yeah, that was about it. One day of a little arm soreness, next day was like, I didn't even have a shot, and I felt fine. I didn't have any reaction, nothing at all, which I thought was great. And I'm curious, because I'm hearing, and maybe you can verify this. By the way, we're talking to uh, Dr. John Torres from NBC News, formerly with Nine News, and a good friend of what we do here in Denver. Uh, some of the problems are that second shot might be a little stronger than the first shot, if, especially if you're doing a Pfizer like I am. Is that true? It is true, and you know it's interesting. Thank you for bringing it up because I definitely want to make sure that people understand that that second vaccine. So if you had, you know, the, the arm soreness and the fatigue, it might be a little more intense after the second shot, only because your immune system is already primed, which is what the first shot does, and then it basically the second shot is the booster that actually really helps it develop what it, the strong immune response it needs. And so because that immune response is so much stronger on the second vaccine. Those side effects are a little more intense, but they, again, most people are saying a day and a half to two days 
Uh, I'll let you know come a week from today because yeah. I get my second shot in a week. I'll be anxious. If I don't hear from me, I'll be concerned. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, the other question I had talking about the vaccine, we got the Moderna out there, we got the Pfizer. Now Johnson & Johnson is coming out with a one-shot deal, and they're saying it's like 65 or 70% effective. Is that something that we should be concerned about? Not Like Pfizer's like, what, 95% effective, something? Right. And the, and the overall answer is no. And here's the reason why. If you look at Pfizer and Moderna, so Pfizer, 95 percent effective, Moderna, 94.1 percent effective. And then you hear about Johnson and Johnson, 72 percent effective here in the U.S., other parts of the world, not as effective. Uh, but they measure different things. To a certain extent, it's almost apples and oranges. And this is what I talk about on NBC News all the time is the Johnson and Johnson shot looked at preventing severe covid or death from COVID, which at the end of the day, that's what you want to prevent. That is the bottom line. The other shots, Pfizer and Moderna, looked at preventing you from getting COVID overall. So they included people with mild symptoms. Well, Johnson Johnson said, we don't care as much about the mild symptoms. We do, but let's really concentrate on saving people's lives, which it does a fantastic job. All three of these vaccines do a really good job of preventing severe COVID, preventing hospitalizations, and preventing deaths. As a matter of fact, Johnson and Johnson's shot of the people that got it, even in South Africa, where that South African variant is very is very dominant, nobody died or nobody got hospitalized 28 days after getting that vaccine from COVID. Wow. And so, uh, again, it, it, the advantages, it's one shot. Some people don't want to get a second shot. Some people can't get a second shot for logistics reasons. They can't make it or, or, or whatever. But it's a great addition to what we have right now. And so even though you hear that 72%, you have to listen to the kind of uh, the underlying science behind it because those two numbers are almost comparing apples and oranges. Yep, good point there. I'm glad you brought that up, John. And I guess the other concern is, too, about the vaccines with the new variant coming out of South Africa. Uh, are the vaccines still going to be effective when that starts coming to the United States? And you know it probably maybe even here already, some of it. It, it is here already. So the, the one, that what we call the B117, which is first discovered in the U.K., it's over in half the country. They think that's going to be the dominant strain by March time frame. That one is more contagious, meaning we can catch it and spread it easier, but it doesn't appear to be any more deadly. The other ones, particularly what's called the B1351, first discovered in South Africa, that one is here. It's been located in South Carolina and in Maryland and three different people. Uh, but since they had never come in contact with each other, they think there might be community spread there. They're keeping a close eye on it. The virus, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, was actually tested in South Africa while that B1351 was dominant. And they found out that it's 57% effective against that virus and particularly effective at, again, saving lives and preventing severe complications from COVID. The other ones haven't been tested in the wild against the virus, as in it, around nature, but it was tested in labs. And it seems like those virus, those vaccines actually help against the virus, but we just don't know how much. And the best thing to understand is what they call the cushion effect. These vaccines are so effective that even if they're not quite as effective against these new variants, they're still going to be effective. And they're particularly going to be effective at preventing death and complications. And as I tell people all the time, and Murph, I think this is a good point to make, is if, if you get the vaccine and you end up getting this variant and it just gives you cold symptoms that go away in four days, that's a win. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll that's take that. So that's still a good, it's still a good vaccine to get. And another question about the vaccine, John. I know it's far off, but do you think this is going to be a yearly thing like a flu shot and every year maybe uh, the formula will be a little different? How do you think that's going to end up? 
You know, it's interesting, Murphy, because I think this is a great point. It depends on us. And the reason it depends on us is because they have a saying in the, in the virology community, the people that study viruses, viruses don't mutate if they can't replicate. So meaning if the virus can't get inside our body and it can't produce more copies of itself, it's not going to mutate. And if it doesn't mutate, we don't have these variants. And so it's up to us, human behavior, to keep them under control, which also means in addition to what I call the four W's, wear a mask, watch your distance, wash your hands, and open windows to ventilate. In addition to those, getting the vaccine. And if we all do that and get to herd immunity quickly, and of course that depends on the rollout, then we'll keep these variants under control. If we keep the variants under control, then we'll only have to get booster shots every you know, three to five years. If, on the other hand, these variants start cropping up more and more, then we might need to get it on a yearly basis. So uh, we don't know at this point, but it's definitely dependent on us. Oh, that's a good point, too, John. And I want you to explain something, too, because I've had people ask me, like, I'm a doctor. What does it mean by herding effect? What is that? The herd immunity. So essentially, we know not everybody is going to get the vaccine and not everybody can get the vaccine and not everybody gets the vaccine mounts a sufficient immune response. Remember, that's the most 95 percent effective. So there's still that 5 percent that uh, it doesn't work against. So in order to protect the entire community, you need to keep the virus under control. And the way you keep the the virus under control is to get in this case, we think 70 to 80 percent of people vaccinated. And if we get enough people vaccinated, then the virus can't spread throughout the community because it might you might have it and you try to spread it to me and I have the vaccine and it stops right here. It doesn't go any further uh-huh. if enough people are vaccinated. Um, like if you look at measles, measles actually is the most contagious virus that affects us. It needs 93 percent herd immunity to get it. And that's why we see outbreaks every now and then. Right. This one, we think 70 to 80 percent. So, again, if enough of us get it, even if it's a little bit in the community, it's not going to spread throughout the community and it'll eventually die down. That's what we like to hear. And again, as you just mentioned, John, it's so important, even though we're getting COVID shots, we got to still do the mask separation, wash the hands, the whole thing. Right. Exactly. We can't let our guard down on that until we get to that herd immunity level. And then my guess is by fall time frame, you'll start seeing those numbers come down. And as I tell people all the time, just you know, watch me on NBC News. I'll be letting you know at what point we can start saying, hey, let's let off on the masks a little bit. We can start gathering with people and uh, going through that. Well, Dr. John Torres, we know we can trust you, too, when you say those words on NBC News. We like to see you there. We wish you were here more, but you are what you are, and that's fantastic. Hey, you know Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health? Say that again, I'm sorry. Do you know Dr. John Douglas that runs Tri-County Health here in Colorado? I do know him. Yeah, well, we're going to talk to him next. We talk to him every week more of about a Colorado setup and what's going on here, so he's going to come up next now that you're done with me. Oh, great. He's a great guy. Yeah. Well, information, as we say. Yes. Of knowledge. <laughs> well, Dr. John Torres, thanks for giving us time. Say hi to everybody in New York. Say hi to Lester Holt. I like that guy. Would you do that for me? I will do. He's, yeah. he's a great guy. Yeah, he seems like it, and uh, we enjoy watching him. And we enjoy t- you too, John. We'll get you back on soon. Sounds good. And as we just said, we'll be right back with Dr. John Douglas from Tri-County Health. 